Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Pat Ricard, a.k.a. Project Pat, and you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. That's pretty incredible. In fact, it's LaMarvelous. Thank you, guys. All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Thursday, October 1st, 2020. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined by a bespectacled Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. Got the old blue light lenses going. I am ready to rock and roll. Absolutely. How you doing, bud? It's been uh, an interesting week for you. You've been uh, doing a lot of work, doing some good work up there with Sports Info Solutions. Uh, had an interesting Monday night after what was, uh, you know, not the most fun uh, Ravens game we've experienced up to this point in 2020 how's, how's it going i think it was uh i think it was a pretty fun game i think that everybody's gotten a little sour on losing because i think they're not used to it and acting like a little bit of the old spoiled babies but it was a fun game the ravens came back it was you know a one score game in the fourth quarter after looking pretty bleak at halftime especially with mahomes missing a Touchdown throw where Nicole Hardman had one step on Marlon Humphrey and then Harrison Blacker, I believe, missed a field goal right before halftime. Is that when he missed? Yeah, it would have been 30 to, I think, three uh, or 30, 30, to, 30 10. to 10. Yeah, 30 to 10. 30 he missed 10. the field goal. He stinks. 27 10 sounds a lot better. Yeah. Lot better. Yeah, no. And he he absolutely sucks. So that's good. We can take that out of that game. Silver Linings Playbook, baby. That's what we're all about this week. But yeah, so then the Ravens end up holding the Chiefs scoreless throughout the third quarter and uh, driving down the field, scoring a touchdown to Mr. Boyle. And then it was 27-20, and the Ravens, you know, had a chance in that game. So I think that the over the week three overreactions are in full swing. Uh, I think that goes around the entire NFL, not just in this fan base or with the Ravens. It's, you know, Josh Allen's MVP, and the Texans are horrible, and – you know, all these all these rash things based on the first, the not even the first month of the season yet. So I think this was a good game for the Ravens overall that it showed weakness. It showed cracks. It showed faults. And we saw that happen last year. And the Ravens showed an outstanding ability, both front off as well as from their coaching staff, to make adjustments throughout the year. And in the second half, they were a completely and utterly dominant team. Huzz, difficult time with the Chiefs in week three of last year, the Browns week four. Therefore, they were able to adjust, and I think that this coaching staff does that really well over time in season. Uh, go back, going back to Lamar Jackson's rookie year is one of the prime examples throughout John Harbaugh's tenure. Making the switch, going with the rookie, going six one, postseason, winning the division. So I think this team can definitely. Uh, I'm not even going to say turn it around, but just get way way better because of a game like this. Yeah, and if it's going to happen, you want it to happen in week three. And uh, kind of the point I've been sort of circling to, I've had a lot of different takes on this game. It's been evolving over, uh, you know, the time since it's elapsed. And you kind of want them to bring their C-minus game to a game like that, learn what they have to learn. They certainly did not bring their A game. It would have been a lot more disappointing if they brought their A game and still lost, in my humble opinion. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a good, good learning experience. Nothing more than that. We said before the game even took place that the result really doesn't matter all that much. So that's kind of where I'm at at this point. 
Right. Did I did put on? I uh, drank the purple Kool Aid. Put on the purple glasses, whatever you want to call it, and predicted the win. I was rather disappointed by the defense, which didn't have. They had energy, but it was this fringe energy. It was this misplaced energy, kind of like a, you know, a fifth grader who hasn't quite their, you know, ADHD medication yet, and can sometimes do some really cool things, but I was just out of sorts running around. And we saw blown coverages, saw a really panicky pass rush where they were pushing the issue of trying to seemingly get Mahomes out of the pocket, which doesn't seem like an ideal strategy overall. Uh, trying to attack the A-gaps really violently, especially late in the game, lining Judon and, and two D-tackles in the A-gaps and, and between the B-gaps, essentially, and trying to get him out of the pocket. But why, why, why do you want Mahomes out of the pocket? That's where he hurts you the most, it feels like, especially the Ravens. For the past couple matchups so uh, i think that you know they had the jitters they dropped the football all things <clears throat> pardon me got it out of the way and at this point it's you know on to a couple teams that are struggling and the ravens are going to go back to the drawing board and be to really work on their identity work on getting the front seven meshed and integrated the way that they need to. and they're not going to seem like the chiefs for quite some time. I believe Steelers are the next formidable opponent, uh, it would seem like. Yeah, probably. Got Red Skeeter, pardon me, DC football team, Eagles, Steelers, or is it Bengals, then Steelers, something like that. Sure. That's it. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, something along those lines. So they'll be able to take a lot from this game. You hear Jimmy Smith talking about it. You hear uh, all these other veterans. You hear David Culley giving a speech on the sideline. And it felt like they didn't utilize offensively. They didn't utilize all five skill positions on the field. There was a lot of Hollywood. There was a lot of Andrews and there weren't a lot of primary reads. There weren't a lot of play designs to target miles Boykin, who had a lot of single coverage, a lot of ISO single coverage. There wasn't a lot of stuff to Duvernay there. The running backs obviously had what 15 total carries in the game. So it was, you know, the Lamar Hollywood and Andrews show. And it feels like when they play competent defenses that are, you know, playoff teams, when you try to run the three-man show, the triangle offense, it doesn't work like that. And you see the cheating the ball around to every single possible receiver, to Watkins, to Hardman, to Hill, to Kelsey, all these different weapons. And, and to me, what it also well. – no, sorry to interrupt, but it also felt like – it felt like just a lot of like, all right, just line up and just beat this guy. Just beat him one-on-one. -on -one. And it wasn't working. And in contrast right. to the other quarterback and the other offense who – hey, I'm going to drop back. I'm going to do a head fake here. I'm going to do a pump fake here. There's a guy coming in motion. There's all this shit going on. And then there's just a wide open tight end over the middle or there's a shovel pass to a fullback for a touchdown. It felt like a serious difference in the offensive ingenuity that they at least brought into this game. Yeah, the Chiefs is open, manufactured touches, had a lot of misdirection, a lot of head fakes, a lot of uh, motion to, to get your eyes to tell lies, motion going to the right so that homes can look to his right and then throw the ball left. And being able to use that panicky, frantic Ravens energy against them. They, the Chiefs perform, performed perfect football jujitsu. The Ravens came in trying to rock them and, and show what it was and, and hit and all that stuff. And the Chiefs are just calm, cool, collected. I think a good example of that was when Ty Bowser, they, they coverage was decently tight downfield. Ty Bowser beats Air one on one, the left tackle on the left side, and comes in hot as a pistol. And then Mahomes just kind of sees out his peripheral vision and, and just gives one step to his right and then ducks back under to his left and is able to, you know, throw the ball away there and avoid the sack. So I, I think that Lamar was also frantic. I think the entire team has this this monstrous chip on their shoulder to to win against the Chiefs, to win in playoff games, press. They press really hard to try to be a physically dominant team, but give up on being the disciplined team by doing so. And yeah, they just weren't weren't patient like we were talking about in the previous recording. Right. Yeah, just a lot of panic. But I guess we'll talk about that a little bit uh, moving forward after our guest. But before we get to that, we did want to touch on the Steelers Titans situation. Yeah. So it appears that they'll be playing Monday or Tuesday. Uh, is is that would that be the first ever day NFL game? No. Apparently, so there was a clip going on on Twitter of. I think Joe Webb was playing for the Eagles and like there was a blizzard or something that postponed a Monday game to a Tuesday before. 
Interesting. Well, in that case, we'll uh, see the weirdest little skill possible, and I think that could have an ancillary benefit for the Ravens, a Steelers team that might be playing on mega short rest following a potential Tuesday game that kind of throws them out of sorts, and of course that's going to make their testing and things like that really rigorous. So hopefully everyone's safe and that situation is isolated and doesn't end up spreading beyond the, I believe, three Titans of the sort that yeah another additional one today i think so four and that feels like you could trickle into eight in two days that's the way that virus seems to work unfortunately yeah it seems like they are kind of doing what they need to do though at this point and they have done a good job of containing it uh thus far so i'm gonna go ahead and place my faith in them that i think it's going to be generally all right though it is uh, somewhat concerning to see an outbreak even as small as it is it is definitely concerning. You wish for their well-being. You hope that this is contained, isolated, and with the rigorous testing protocols. feels like it'll be all right. It definitely is uh, shake up the week for those teams. It's like that game could be a definite wild card kind of game after not really being able to track this field. So might be kind of strength there and, and be an interesting matchup. Is that game set to play, take place in Pittsburgh? Uh, I'm not totally sure. I didn't look into it, but there was other stuff going around about how maybe they were going to postpone it to another bye week and then potentially have the Ravens move their bye week to accommodate. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Definitely, definitely. There's also some sort of rumor mill spinning right now that there could possibly be a Ravens extension in the next 24 hours. Yeah, Who? so that was going around. I think Rita Hubbard is her name at the NFL Chick. Uh, She was tweeting about how there could be a big-time extension coming, so a lot of... Speculation that it could be maybe Marlon Humphrey, could maybe be Ronnie Stanley. Those are the two big names being thrown out right now, but who knows? Sure, it could be Bowser maybe. That would make sense. And I think it would most likely be one of those three guys. I think that if there is someone to get extended, maybe it does end up happening today, tomorrow, whatever. But if there's someone to be extended in the near future, Marlon Humphrey makes a lot of sense because Trey White already signed and Jalen Ramsey already signed their extensions so the market feels like it's more set whereas ronnie stanley has just tunsil and tunsil was a unique situation with all the leverage that him and his agent had so it felt feels like at this point the ravens really might want to save that franchise tag and put that in their backpack for stanley and kind of let this whole covid situation pan out hopefully we hope and we pray as well as see if there's another couple tackle signings that maybe are a little less ludicrous but it's just kind of difficult because Ronnie Stanley has pretty much out slightly out from Laramie Tunsil, maybe a little bit. They're both very high caliber left tackles, but Stanley's been on a more successful team and, and gotten more accolades and uh, probably feels like he might deserve a little bit more money than Tunsil. So quite difficult. Who would your preference be at this point? Ronnie Stanley. The reason is that if they extend Ronnie Stanley this season, it would free up $9 million. I think that, if you give him Tunstall's money and you know have that cap hit spread out late, that by the time that his bonus money and his big cap hits happen in maybe 2022, 2023, the new TV deals will be signed to them, the cap will rise, and it won't be as big of a deal. I would rather get that sooner rather than later. He does get banged up a little bit, but I think that uh, getting him out of the way create, creates cap room for this and, and would allow to really make a splash if they the right player at the right price yeah definitely and like the whole thing has been about extending stanley in order to free up that cap space so i think that would probably be the logical move and my prediction at this point right and insider commenting in live stream the game monday made my wife divorce me apparently hammering the money line with our roth ira was a quote-unquote stupid decision do you guys know a good divorce lawyers in baltimore county uh i think we he doesn't specialize in divorce law. He's more of a bird law guy, kind of guy, but that would be MD Law So Hard. You can find him on Twitter at MD Law So Easy too. He can accommodate you and all of your legal service needs. That is an unaid friendly advertisement. Yeah, he's a big personal injury guy from what I understand. So I don't know, like a Roth IRA, I don't know how you're breaking that open either to bet on this game. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. He busted it wide open. I'm going to tell him, bring it back. Interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything else? We have our guests coming up in a few minutes here. What else did you want to hit on, if anything? Don't overreact. Don't overreact to the Ravens losing a game. Recall back to the fact that 
they went two and two last year with a very similar squad and ended up 14 and two. And while I don't think the Ravens will go 15 and two quite this year, 11 and five, 10 and six, 12 and four feel in the cards. And those are playoff records, especially with a seven seed now expanding the playoffs for the NFL. And the Ravens are, you, you should feel excited that the Ravens got this one out of the way. They needed it. It can be a humbling, humbling experience that ends up with them. Like I said, a lot of faults and cracks exposed. Wink's defense very much based on on the field communication by players. And they're relatively unfamiliar with each other. Deshaun Elliott making his start. Clayus Campbell, New Raven, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, uh, Derek Wolf. A lot of these guys weren't in Baltimore. Jimmy Smith doing some different things that he hasn't done before. So I believe that this Ravens team has a lot to do. I think they're kind of excited. I think that they're a little bit pissed off. And when you watch Monday night football preview and it's seven minutes before the game, five minutes before the game, you see the whole damn Monday night football line go pick by pick. Oh, the Ravens are going to win. 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 As a Baltimore Ravens fan at this point, you have to be pretty, pretty wary of that kind of situation. That is what they call bad juju. And it didn't work out so well. Yeah, it certainly didn't. Um, also, National Podcast Day. Did want to hit on that before we got going here. National Podcast Day. Go give us those five-star reviews and just say National Podcast Day. We love you guys. Hope you love us too. Hate all of our listeners and everyone who follows all along, all throughout, and gives us mailbag questions, gives us awesome, awesome, awesome stuff to talk about, awesome talking points, and we've enjoyed this entire process with you guys. Absolutely. And with that, it looks like our guest is ready to go here. So uh, without further ado, we're just going to throw it over to our interview with Mr. Chick Hernandez, formerly of NBC Sports Washington, now doing a show with Fred Smoot and doing some stuff with PGA Tour Radio. So this is going to be a really fun one. Be sure to stick around for it. All right. We now welcome on a very special guest here to Preview Ravens at Washington, the Washington football team, as it were. It is uh, Chick Hernandez, formerly of NBC Sports Washington, currently doing stuff for PGA Tour Radio and Sirius XM. He's got a show with uh, the always colorful and entertaining Fred Smoot. Thanks for joining us, Chick. That is a way to put it. The end of my career working with Fred Smoot. Uh, (laughs) It's a good good ending, though. It's a good ending. So happy, happy to be here. I wish that we were actually talking about a competitive game coming up this weekend. But it's not going to be because the Ravens are angry and the Red, I mean, the uh, Washington football team. There's a, we have a swear jar on our show. I've gone as far as red. I haven't done the two syllables yet. Uh, but the, the, the Wifters, as we call them, WFT, uh, Washington football team, just don't think they're, they're good enough uh, to hang with uh, Baltimore, the Baltimore football team, as it were. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll, yeah. Wifters, Wifters might actually have some legs, though. So I like that I a lot. So. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Baltimore football team. I like that, too. But I mean, so it's been a first, you know, on a personal note for you, it's been a few years since you were kind of actively covering D.C. sports, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, NBC Sports Washington, everything you right. were doing. And you're, you know, a little bit of an icon down there, uh, to be honest. So what's kind of that transition been like for you and kind of what you're doing now? Um, the, 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 the first year was tough. Um, you know, I've been on social media doing my mea culpas, apologizing to some folks. I didn't treat my former network very well. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's funny and I, you know, we're talking Frank here. I was, I was, I was hurt when I was let go and I was not renewed. It was kind of a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you know, the pre and post game shows rolled around, people on, on social media were like, where I can't curse, but where, where in the, you can hell? curse. Okay, good. Where the F is chick and this show sucks, blah, blah, blah. And so I would just retweet it. And <laughs> I literally thought that I was really speaking to the GM who let me go. Uh, and what I wasn't realizing through my anger and bitterness was that I was hurting the people that I used to work with. You know, I was like, why is he crapping on our show? Um, you know, and I was told that a full year and a half later, and it's like it finally dawned on me that that was taking place. Mm-hmm. So the, tr- the early transition was tough, although I was fortunate enough to be in a financial situation where I just, you know, I told the wife, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to play golf. Uh, Hell yeah. Play a lot of golf, um, compete in golf. Um, and, and, you know, it was when my daughter was a senior high school, so I didn't want to take a job somewhere else in the country and move her. She was, you know, all three kids have been fortunate enough to stay in one house 
And so I didn't want to be that guy to, to do that. Um, right. And I didn't, have to, I didn't have to. So I took the year off, played a lot of golf. And then, you know, I've started to slowly get back into doing stuff. I do voiceover work for DC Lottery, um, voiceover work for a couple of different clients. Um, I do PJ Tour Radio. I'm calling the Sanderson Farms Championship this week in Jackson, Ooh. Mississippi, um, which I'm a golf addict. Uh, I love it. I worked in Augusta, Georgia at the CBS station down there. That's where I found my passion for golf. So, uh, and I've done a few acting gigs, which no one, and I will never say uh, that it was me. Um, I've done a few things that people will not recognize me for. Um, so it's pretty cool that I can get away with that. Uh, and we're getting ready to do a long drive championship uh, at the up on the National Mall in D.C. And it's going to air on Golf Channel and I'm going to host that. So doing a lot of different stuff. Um, and I'm keeping my, you know, I'm keeping my hand in football. Um, I really wish that I was covering the team day to day just because of the culture change in that building. It's right. Needed. Um, not to ramble, but, you know, the owner of the Washington franchise, far different than the owner of the Baltimore franchise, who I've hung out with and had great times with. Um, Steve Bashotti, just, you know, just down to earth, just a guy. He's just a guy. Um, so, the way this 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 uh, franchise has changed with Ron Rivera as the as the head coach and um, a new team president because Bruce Allen was an absolute cancer for that franchise. Uh, I wish I was there for that, but I'm still ending <laughs> it. I'm still talking with uh, you know a bunch of the current and, and uh, ex uh, Washington footballers. If it's not clear with the whole golf thing, you are pretty much living my dream life right now. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Addict. Yeah. Dude, I got, I, you, you don't know addict. You don't know. No, I, I definitely don't. I've seen some of the uh, videos going around. How, how far yeah. you, how, you get, you got a long drive competition come up? How far are you hitting it off the TV? No, days? it's not for me. I'm just going to host it. Okay. I'm okay. not, no. Not oh. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm just going to host it. I can't, no, no, no. I, I was longer when I was younger, but still not, not the way these people hit the ball and this equipment. Um, but, you know, when Augusta, I was playing four days a week and, we, as a part of the local media, was we were given one day a year to play Augusta National. So I played it three times in my life. Um, so yeah, have you been down to a, have you been down to Augusta to watch the Masters? No, I actually I lived in South Carolina for four years. Oh, where um, at? Uh, in Greenville. So that's okay. like the north side of the state. It's not quite where like Aiken and all those other you know golf towns right. are. But uh, yeah, I've you know I it's a dream of mine. I want to someday, but uh, it's gonna be hard. So I'm just gonna keep working, try to make this thing uh, to the point where you got to, and maybe uh, maybe it'll happen for me one day. Why not? It's a, I loved Augusta. I was living very hard uh, back here in Maryland when I went to Augusta. So I was, you know, this was at the end of the Lem Bias era, and not too long after that, I found myself in Augusta in 1990. 90. Anyone. So I was living hard here. I wanted a different pace of life and I got it. Oh, it was very slow. And for a man of color, the death threats in the first month of work. Interesting. Interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it definitely has uh, been some, some wild time, especially tumultuous times now, considering yeah. everything that 2020 has thrown at us. It's been a, been a blast, been a real blast. So thank you, thank you for that, 2020. Yeah, but, what a sucky year, but but a great vacancy, <laughs> really great. I mean, you know, you know whatever. Just an embarrassment for the what's your, maybe this will that'll this will devolve into that where we're just like talking over each other and you know that that whole thing. I like that. What's the question? What is your number one silver lining right now from COVID? What is what has been a small joy that you have gotten? We like to ask people. Wow, the, silver lining. Try to keep it positive. Yeah, personal I, I on a per, in a personal way, something good for you. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, my wife works at a hospital, so there's no, you know, the stress that she's under. Uh, it's changed her. Uh, like we had a long talk. This is like three months ago, and she came down the stairs, and I looked at her, and I was like, "You don't even look like yourself." And she was offended, but I'm like, "Go look in the mirror," because the stress was just crushing her so right I don't, I don't find a okay i'll give you a, the only silver lining which won't make my daughter happy is that she has to she's home for her sophomore year at fordham um you know she's living right there at the midtown manhattan campus uh so not silver for her but to have her here is is kind of cool because we had a very rocky relationship when she was younger and now right. i find her quite a humorous individual um she makes me laugh on the regular um, 
So that, that I'll give you that's the silver lining. Although I much rather have her there at, on campus and enjoying freaking Broadway, which she did in her freshman year. Wow. Well, that sounds tremendous. I'm glad that there's a small good takeaway. Uh, I mean, Chick, Jake, and I have been huge fans growing up. Maryland area, you're a, a terrapin through and through as well. Uh, University of Maryland. And so what would you say, I mean, after so much time spent with this team, how has it been uh, with, with the Washington football team and your time when they were formerly the Redskins and able to, to cover them uh, in that time? And then now you're able to be independent and you always were kind of open about the fact that you were a fan of the team while you were covering them. And I, we, we thought that was really fun, something we always took away. But has it been any more emotionally attached now since you've you know kind of left and are doing your own thing or or do you feel the same i i was i would be quite honest with you i was never a fan of the team uh growing up i was a cowboy um and this is long before you guys were born when they fired tom landry uh i was done with the franchise i i was i was done that's not i was you know that was the first football i ever saw as a as a youngster so being right. living in dc and liking the guys, the stars and helmets, you can imagine was difficult in the in the hoods that I lived in. But since they were so good, I had bragging rights for the most part. Um, but when I got to in the business, you know, the number one rule is there's no cheering in the press box. Um, and right. I learned that at an early age when I was doing it at University of Maryland, working for WMUC Radio, the college radio station there. And, you know, a Terrapin ran down the field, touched it, and I went, yeah, and then about a good 10 seconds later, the voice of God got over the PA system and said, a reminder, there's no cheering in the press box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're, you're talking about me. So it was that moment. That was it for me. I was like, all right, I'm going to be objective in my job. Certainly local markets, Baltimore, D.C., there are certain sportscasters who are homers. And that's fine. It was just never. I learned under Glenn Brenner, who was a legend in D.C. TV. Um, he was he was more about uh, you know, being humorous, being entertaining and, and inviting the female watcher and who didn't watch a whole lot of sports. So that was kind of my goal. Uh, covering the team, I rooted for the guys personally. I wanted them to do well, certainly wanted them to do well. I mean, you're, you're a backup quarterback, Robert Griffin, III, whose initials I'll never utter. That's one thing I won't do because he didn't like it in the first place. That whole moniker. Um, I rooted for him. Uh, I, you know, that 20, 2012 was insane. The town was upside down at how good he was, but we could see, you know, cracks in the armor because he was a track athlete and, and those legs weren't going to last long. Um, so I, I rooted for the guys personally. I was never a rah-rah guy and it allowed me to, when they sucked, say they sucked. And while Redskins, there I did it. Those fans you know, would get on me on social media. I can't believe he said that. And my response was, did you watch the game? They lost by 30. They were never in it. What would you deem that, you know? Um, and and I also had next to me Brian Mitchell, who was a former player, is a homer, but, again, a player who recognizes what's good, what's bad, and Trevor Maddox, who was the, the ultimate analyzer. So, um, yeah, I was – I uh, – Never, I was never a, a fan um, of the team individually. Certainly, a lot of guys that I liked, um, including Robert. You know, we got along really well. I was the first person to talk to Robert before he got drafted. I went down there to Baylor before the Baylor day and talked with him. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy that he's on a squad where he gets to watch a lot of good football from the quarterback position. Yeah, he gets to play it too sometimes when uh, they're yeah. up however many points in the fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting balance that you have to strike. And even for somebody like us who are just, you know, bloggers, podcasters, we, we have to remain, you know, retain some objectivity, though. Sure. You know, we we have a little fun. We're fans as well and yeah. bring some bring some hard hitting analysis when we need to. So, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting sort of dynamic at play. But from that sense, you know. We mentioned how 2020 has been a turbulent year. It's been a turbulent couple years for this Washington football team artist, formerly known as the Almost Redskins. Yeah. Uh, what is kind of your assessment of the last few years, just in a general sense of what's gone on and kind of where you think they're going? Uh, I would say the last two decades. It's a two decades of futility. Um, it's it's an embarrassment. They're an embarrassment to the league um, when it comes to what they've done. And and we're Dan. You know, it's all the fish head, Dan Snyder. Now. Everybody's going to say, well, you're, you're crapping on Snyder. Well, I will never fault him for trying to buy a winner. He certainly opened up his pocketbook trying to get, you know, brought in 
has-beens, wannabes, everybody to come in here. Deion Sanders, I mean, what in the hell at the end of his career? Albert Hainsworth, brutal. But then you got, you know, you sign a guy like Adrian Peterson. So he he was willing, he he desperately tried to to bring a winner here. Um, what I see, what I've seen over the last few years is that he didn't have a football person as the team president. And Bruce Allen, as I already said, was not. Not, he was not an evaluator, at least in my opinion, was not an evaluator, a great evaluator of talent. He was a raw, raw guy who was trying to bring the alumni back into the fold. Um, but I, I, I would not, I would never trust him with anything. Um, and and Vinny Serrato, with that damn laugh, <laughs> that guy was, you know, straight pimping for Snyder back in the day. So I don't know what the hell he was doing in the position. But look what they've done. Look what they look what Snyder was doing with the with the the head coaches. Mike Shanahan, who admitted he lied to us, uh, he was he was interviewing an offensive coordinator who he told to go home, put on a suit, come back, and interview for the head coaching job. Hello, Jim Zorn, for two years. What a joke that was. They literally brought in a guy who was calling bingo games to be the offensive coordinator at the end of Zorn's tenure. Now tell me how that's actually doing something in a positive light. So they've had they've had issues all along. As I said at the beginning, I love the turn that they have made. Ron Rivera is the no-nonsense guy. God bless him. He's going through cancer treatment now. It's ridiculous he's going to face this. Um, uh, they got a new team president, first African-American t- uh, president in, in, in the league uh, who played the game. Played the game, right? Bruce Allen never played Finally the game. a football guy. Finally a football guy. Exactly. This guy's a football guy, and he's not even really dealing with the football side of it, right? Ron's taking care of that right now. I think eventually he'll come over to the side, but right now he's dealing with sales and marketing and everything else. It's fine. Um, so they've made a lot of good moves, um, and people in this neck of the woods have to be patient with the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. The guy's played 10 NFL games. Come on. Right? 10. Nothing. Same, same thing at Ohio State. He played 10 games and got drafted that high got a plethora of talent he took care Absolutely. of his body in his in the offseason looks vastly different his attitude is different and but fans you know this nfl fans are so starving for something um so i i, I hope impatient offense, always impatient gotta be patient but he's got an offensive line that's a sieve so if you're getting two and a half seconds to throw i played college i played junior college football as a quarterback if i had two and a half seconds to throw I'm not throwing. I'm tucking and running for God's sakes. Right. Uh, so it's a, it's a horrible situation. Very different than what you have in Baltimore and a guy who, you know, can just create his own when he needs to, but you got a great offensive line that can give him time. He's got a freaking cannon uh, and he can run the daylight side of it. It was interesting to watch the other night, you know, Pat Mahomes, Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Thank you. Do what he did. Do what he the did. Second. Yeah. I mean, Holy cow. I mean, holy cow, right? He put yeah, he put on an absolutely uh, maestro-esque performance at yeah. a symphony. He was he was on top of his game. Yeah. Everywhere he went, everything he wanted to do was right on top of it. And it was fun to watch from you know a general standpoint. When right. someone is, is clicking like that. And uh, it you're absolutely right. Dwayne Haskins hasn't had enough time, but the number one intriguing player to me in that offense is Terry McLaurin. I have been super fascinated with him going back to Ohio State. Comes from a military family. He was the leading tackler in 2017 and 2018 in the entire FBS on tackles in punt coverage as a gunner. Wow. And wow. he brought the juice and he plays hard four quarters, has a relationship with Haskins. I think there's a beautiful thing brewing between the two of them, but fans need to be patient. They have to be patient. Terry is scary. Terry is tough, man. Once he gets the ball and he gets open, he can catch in traffic. Uh, he can yards after catch, all of that. Um, but my gosh, they need uh, some more bodies, right? Uh, if they'd have had Jordan Reed this year at tight end, I think the, the offense would have looked a whole lot different if he could have, you know, stay out of concussion protocol. Um, right. but I mean, McLaurin is a bad man, he's a bad, bad man, and defenses are slowly just saying, you know what, we're just going to double up on him. So, who do you go to now? Dontrell Inman caught a couple of balls the other night. Um, they're going to have to find somebody else. Uh, Steven Sims got to find somebody else. Tight end position, uh, Logan Thomas, too old. Jeremy Sprinkle couldn't catch a cold, uh, and, he, and he can't block. So that's a good combo for a tight end. There you go.
Yeah, and I mean, it but, does. You touched on like the the good press since Rivera has taken over, and I think that uh, that really was a great move for them. How do you think through the course of the offseason, whatever you were privy to? I mean, obviously, it was a very weird offseason. And through these three games, how do you think the locker room is kind of taking to him so far? Uh, I think, I, I mean, look, they. I haven't been around them, but I have enough people that have been around them. And you can tell just by the, the way that they – um, what what they're saying about their coach. And I've seen this franchise go in the tank in the third quarter. Uh, they haven't done that. These guys are playing as hard as they can for their coach. And when your coach is not there at halftime because he's got an IV for cancer treatment, and unless you're an absolute buffoon, you have to understand what that guy's going through. And you have to – there's got to be something that says, I, I want to play for this guy. Um, so he's been he's been uh, welcomed into the franchise, and he has been a breath of fresh air for the players, for the media, certainly. I mean, it's it, I mean, talking to the last few coaches, you just you just wondered who was going to say something stupid, you know? Jay Gruden, and I played golf with Jay. I like Jay, but you just sat there and you scratch your head, like, what? Are you, what's he talking about, right? Jim Zorn, uh, he's talking about bike riding. With the president. Okay. How about the game plan? Right? Mike Shanahan. He lied to you. Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier, John Jansen told me. Steve Spurrier. This is great. So the big lineman had a uh, RV uh, in the parking lot. And I'm no so excited allowed, already. <laughs> no, one, no one's allowed in that unless you get invited. So one day, uh, Jansen walks by. He goes, hey, I need to see you. I'm like, what? I need to see you. I said, right, let's walk outside the locker room. No, just come to the RV later on. Him and Casey Robach are living in there during the former Raven. Absolutely. Really good guy. So I go and walk in there and I sit down and I'm like, did I do something wrong? He goes, no, no, man. No, no. He goes, I I just need to tell you something. I said, what's that? He said, Steve Spurrier, we don't game plan for the defense. And I said, huh? We don't game plan for the defense. He thinks that his offense is so good that we don't need to game plan for the defense. The offense is going to work no matter what. And then he went to, to, to Osaka and annihilated whoever they played over there. And that was just like, see, I told you. And Jansen's like, this is the NFL. That ain't going to work. And it didn't. 5-11, not too good. Not great. Not great at all. And it's such a contrast with a guy like Rivera who has just – Ooh, leadership and true professionalism since he yeah. walked in the door. And it was a fantastic decision. And the way, again, 2020, Ron Rivera having cancer throughout the entire situation after having the courage to step up and take that position is just out of a movie at this point. And it's the fact that he's been able to manage this football team and, and keep it all together through such a really tumultuous time. And that word just rings true to what that franchise has gone through and our country as a whole. But at this point, you mentioned Haskins and the work ethic that he displays. And uh, I feel what, what positives are there right now with Dwayne Haskins? Because it feels like that he's worked so hard throughout this offseason. You mentioned him staying in shape and uh, trying to get this offense rolling and, and obviously going and working out with receivers. So what are, what are the good sides of Dwayne Haskins so far in the, in the rumblings? Down there? Well, I think uh, last year when things didn't go well, he was a little bit of a whiny guy. Uh, I have not heard one iota of that. You know, so the maturity is 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 coming for him. Um, he knows that there's a lot more he needs to learn uh, to play in this league. Um, and he also knows that they aren't the strongest. You know, uh, it, it, all his tools. They'll start to use the running backs a little bit more. But you lost Trent Williams at left tackle, who is a bell cow in this league. He is absolutely road grading people in San Francisco right now. Hundred um, percent. Right, you got Brandon Sheriff, who's got who's now hurt uh, on that on the right guard position. West hasn't been able to stay healthy for quite some time. Right, right. Um, so uh, Dwayne has shown flashes, and he just I I think for, for him and what we forget is that a lot of quarterbacks uh, in this league struggled in their first one two years. Um, Steve Young was uh, was a piece of crap his first year at San Fran. So, yeah, I mean, Chase Young was, of course, kind of the big-ticket acquisition of the offseason here, but are there any other guys you can point to who have proven to be a big pickup so far for them? No, I mean, 
Chase Young is going to be a beast. He's got the groin injury. You you really wanted to see Chase versus Lamar because I think that would have been fun to watch the Chase. Of there. course, literally the Chase go on there. Um, I'm looking at the the roster. None of the pickups. I mean, Anthony uh, Gold Gandy Golden was supposed to be good. He's done nothing uh, for this franchise in the first three games. There's nobody that's really you know. I would, no, there isn't. There really isn't. Um, they're they're hurting at free safety. Troy Apke is playing like I would be playing if I was in uniform. Um, so he's right doing now. really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the team MVP is the punter, Tress Way. He'll be great. Uh, he's been the MVP for years, so that uh, is an iron boot. Phenomenal. He's just, uh, you know, I think of Tress Way and then your kicker. Those two guys are the best special teamers in the league. Um, no, there's nobody that's really been a, a good pickup. Uh, you know, no, they've done decent in the draft. Montez Sweat played really well last week. Uh, but no, Logan Thomas came over from Detroit as a tight end. He caught a few balls, but there's nothing there. Uh, no, they're, they're they're hurting. And no Matt Ioannidis now for them, who's out for the season with a torn. One of the most underrated players in the NFL. Oh, he's, he, a, he's, he's a beast. People, the entire locker room loves him because he just plows ahead, did his thing, was a soft body his, fr- his, I say freshman, his first year in the league. And just came back, and you could just tell he was different. His footwork was different. And, again, another guy who just really, really, I think, surprised a lot of folks uh, and was a, an example for other guys on the squad. And they said, well, if Matt can do this, I can do this. So, But he's out as well. So they're, they're, they're a hurting bunch right now. Well, not great to hear if you are a D.C. football fan. And how do you feel if, about uh, if they would have gone with the Washington Football Club? I feel like at least they couldn't put club on there. At the end. I saw, I saw, a big, you know, a lot of soccer fans were liking that. Um, uh, my, my, my broadcast partner Fred Smoot is big on the Red Wolves. So I'm Spencer. big on the Red Wolves too. Are you? Okay, so that's huge, you know, that, huge, kinda, huge. that kind of saves the fight song. They can change the words a little bit. Um, Red Wolves be a great logo, obviously. Uh, and Fred's Fred's description of why it should be Red Wolves is he says, if can you imagine. Uh, during a game at FedEx Field and a touchdown happens or a route is taking place, guy goes in the end zone, and here comes everybody just howling like wolves. He goes, let me tell you something. As loud as that's going to be, dogs and wolves 100 miles away will start howling too. How cool would that be? That's the way Fred thinks, right? Uh, I'm like, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, eh, it's actually, it might be possible. It might be possible because that sound will carry. But so who knows what they're going to do with that? I, I got a feeling they're going to botch it. They should have House make the name because I'm a big fan of him calling the Wizards the artist formerly known as the Almost Bullets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Wizard still doesn't make any sense to me. It's a nice, it's a nice little logo. The logo is, yeah, the, the logo is cool. I'll give him that. Possible. One of the most ludicrous mascots and logos in all of sports, the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. And what's happened since? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah, so we touched on Chase Young. Sounds like not too high on some of the uh, other acquisitions no. there. Um, I mean, how would you kind of grade as far as we can jump back to Haskins a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. not a whole lot to like take from positive so far through the first three games. Kind of a struggle. He looked okay against the Eagles, I think. As yeah. far as you know, his performance, we already kind of touched on that, but how would you kind of grade the performance of the supporting cast around him? So, O line, backs, receivers. I guess individually yeah. or altogether, if you want. Yeah, the O line uh, stinks. Um, let's let's just put it that way. Um, they, they they barely used Jaden McKissick. Finally, they started to uh, the last game. Uh, Antonio Gibson is a bright spot uh, for that. He's he's, a, he's super elusive, able to make yeah. people miss all yeah. the time in yeah. limited space. Been fun yeah, to watch. I like so the far. way I like the way he runs a lot. So that's a positive. That's why they let AP go, and I get it. At thirty five years old. That's fine. I was I was okay with that move. Uh, the O line is as we talked earlier. They're, they're a sieve. Uh, they they don't do a whole lot of pass blocking. Um, they can run block decently, uh, but with a young quarterback, you've got to give him some time in the pocket. Form a pocket. Just form a pocket would be great. And that's not taking place. So now you, your natural reaction is to get happy feet uh, and to not throw off uh, your lead foot which is what you're taught to do uh, at this level. Uh, and it's not taking place. So uh, the gra- there's no grade. They are, they, if, if, if I were to give uh, 
the supporting unit of grade, it'd be a C minus minus, which I got a lot in school, by the way. I got Same. Double minus. Yeah. I'm so you get degrees, so it's all good. Yeah, I didn't get the degree either. I left. I left. I left Maryland for the job. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I now you're done. Now you're doing your your whole dream job anyway. So I was. I I have I've been led a blessed professional life for sure. Um, I've done a lot of. I was on the golf course today, and somebody said, I, I want to get you on a horse. I said, I've ridden horses. I, I used to compete on cutting horses uh, when I was in Augusta, Georgia. I rode a 2,000-pound Brahma bull. Do that. Mm. Yeah. Now, the the end story of that it was I was peeing blood afterwards, but that's I still <laughs> rode a 2,000-pound Brahma bull. Yeah, not that bright. I did a lot of stuff for TV that I probably should not have done. It's and all about the content. Y- yes. Uh, yes. And I, I lost that tape. I'm not sure if I'm happy about that or not, because every time I brought that tape out and I'd play it, my palms would get sweaty because I knew it was coming. Just a, just a, why would you get on a bull? Why? Why? I don't know. It'll get the juices going. It gets the juices going. Let me tell you something. Like I said, I used to ride horses and you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty big animal. And when I got convinced to get on this bull for TV, sitting in the gate, over top of this bowl, I'm like, okay, you know, you get your machismo up. I'm like, okay, here we go. And I have like six cowboys telling me six different things. Stare at the horn. Stare at the stare at the hump. Don't stare at the hump. Squeeze your knees. Don't squeeze your knees. I'm like, what? And what is going on here? And finally, I'm like, hit it. And nobody heard no. me. Nobody heard me. And in that moment of silence, all the machismo went down to my feet. And then I right just, out the door, like the cowboy said, he said, hit it. And at that moment, I thought, oh shit. <laughs> the, gate, the gate opened up and I thought to myself, let's just get off as soon as you get away from the metal gate. And so buck one, buck two, and then there's a silence, which which felt like 10 seconds. That was me in the air. And I hit Ooh. the ground. Boom. Now, it's very soft and dirty if you're walking on it. But from eight to 10 feet in the air, it's not very soft. I thought I'd shattered my hip. And then, uh, long story short, I, about two o'clock in the morning, I went to go take a little urination and in the dead of night the lights off i looked down and went that ain't right and i turned the light on and just bright red went oh hello 911 yeah uh can you get to my house now yeah yeah great i don't think there's been a lot of people who have rode a 2000 pound bull and, and not peed blood so i think you're good to go I, there i, 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 I think I'm you're in actually the in the club i'm in the club oh yeah yeah absolutely well i hopped on a mechanical one one time uh, very oh, very yeah, much that's... Very much against my uh, my own, I wouldn't say will, but against my own wishes, and uh, lasted about three seconds. Thankfully, did not piss blood. So was that uh, you suffering from an internal alcohol rub? Uh, well, listen, it was you know had a couple couple of pops, and that certainly seemed yeah. to uh, help with the uh, the decision making process there. Yeah, not yeah, not my yeah. smartest moment. I don't but think I've seen anyone ride a mechanical bull sober. So if yeah. they do, there's something wrong with them. Yeah, I should have been drunk on the real bull. That's what I should have been done. Just an idiot. Well, speaking of getting uh, thrown off of a violent beast, they just got absolutely throttled by the Kansas City Chiefs. And with the Ravens coming to town, does it concern you that this offense will be looking to bounce back against a Washington defense that has been explosive but hasn't quite found its footing? Or does it give you confidence that the Ravens might be in a little hiccup? There's no hiccup. No. I think right now there is uh, – look, KC's coaching staff's pretty darn good. And right now they have the Ravens' number. And, you know, eventually that'll turn at some point in a big game somewhere. But they have their number. Uh, they know kind of how to defend Lamar. Um, they did a good job of, of always having somebody in his grill. Uh, and if there's one knock against him right now is that he's not a good comeback quarterback. Whatever that is, he's not a good comeback quarterback. Because he had had to do it a lot. Um, Doesn't have a lot of yo mama jokes, apparently. <laughs> so... Uh, the concern is that they're going to come in and absolutely pillage uh, the Burgundy and Gold. I think that's what's going to take place because they don't have Chase Young. They don't have Matt Ioannidis. So two two of their studs they don't have on defense. So I think the, the Ravens offense, is they're smart right now. They're licking wounds, and they're kind of embarrassed. They won't say it out loud, but they're kind of embarrassed to be in a nationally televised game and – to get manhandled. So this, I don't think, will be pretty. Now, from the D.C. side, it'd be great if they put up a fight. And who, who knows? If they put up a fight, well, that's going to answer a lot of questions about that coaching staff for D.C. 
and, and, the, and the players, but I just don't see uh, that happening. Um, you got you guys got always had great tight ends. Um, this, this defense uh, for the, for the Washington football team historically has not handled tight ends so well. They changed it up down to the four, three it might be different, but there's no chase young again. So that, 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 that serves as a problem. So I, I fully expect Baltimore to come in and do to DC what KC did to Baltimore. Definitely. And you touched on Lamar there. I mean, he is the most polarizing quarterback in the league. I don't think it's even a question. What is kind of the. Why is that? Yeah, who knows, right? Oh, he, the he's an anomaly. He's an anomaly. He's the the one that many have fed before. They love People love to make comparisons with players in boxes, and they put him in a box. And the NFL GMs seemingly didn't value him over a guy like Josh Rosen, who started you know, 13, 14 games. And he was electric as soon as he stepped on the field. The thing, it, it was just the sheer fact that in the time before, since he was drafted by Baltimore and became the Ravens quarterback in his rookie year, people didn't think he was going to be able to make defenders miss and yeah. do those incredible things as an active runner. And they didn't understand that that athletic ability related into the, and that was something that people haven't really been before. So people made a lot of assumptions. A lot of people felt stupid. And because of that, they just continue to move goalposts and say, oh, well, he, he can't throw, he can't do this, he can't do that. And, and now it's he's not a comeback quarterback. He yeah. is a quarterback that can right. win his division every time he's done an NFL field so far in his career. But he's not a comeback quarterback. So it might be, is and it might be a little controversial to say to some people, but listen, he doesn't cut the figure of what people think a Correct. franchise quarterback is supposed to be in a lot oh, of ways. Right. Speaking of Colin Coward in regards to the backwards hat, I, I, I'm – Mark Jackson wears bucket hats to press conferences. Right. Damn good quarterback. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Eat your heart out. I, I think, you know, the, the, the elephant in the room is that he's a black quarterback who uh, was was looked at as, you know, people in the league were saying, uh, I don't think he can throw that well. Well, shut the door, for God's sakes. The guy can freaking throw. He, he too, went through growing pains in his first year, two years, right? He went through that. Fumbles. He, he got issues, and he got better. He knew how to take care of the ball better, and he changed his throwing motion just a tad. Um, so I, you know, and then and then his his feet were that's the natural part of it. He, you know, create create space for himself uh, and make people look silly. Um, but he, no, he doesn't fit the mold. Uh, you know, he's got the plats. Um, you know, doesn't speak perfect English. Uh, I love his voice. I love his demeanor. Um, you know, and I, Broward County is a, a fun place for people to grow up in. Well, yeah, absolutely. If you survive that, you survived a great deal. Um, so I, I just, the, the polarizing part of it just boggles my mind. Why can't, you know, but that's our society today. Why can't you just embrace the fact that the league MVP guy made people look silly, absolutely balled his ass off for this franchise. And to, for people to go, well, I'm not still quite sold. Well, then. I don't know how else to sell you because this guy's a bona fide talent. He's good for the league. Uh, he's changing the way defenses defend. Uh, if you have a guy that makes a defensive coordinator lose sleep, you got the right guy. Absolutely. And right. I mean, it just like, yeah, I mean, basically my question there was going to be like, what's the first thing that comes to an opposing fan's mind? I guess you pretty much already answered it there. I mean, as far as this defense goes, he's going to be going up against them, obviously, without Chase Young. And uh, just like Chase has been in the picture, obviously, but going into this game, what would you kind of, we mentioned grades for Haskins supporting cast. How would you grade Washington's defense against the run and the pass individually this year so far through three? It actually hasn't been too bad. Um, you know, they've got, they've had a bunch of turnovers. They've a couple picks. Uh, the secondary surprise, I mean, they got Kendall Fuller back last week, so he should provide some, some strength there at the cornerback position. They changed from the three, four to the four, three. So it's a whole different scheme. Um, Ryan Kerrigan uh, would really benefit from having uh, Chase Young in the lineup. Uh, and now that's not going to be the case. So it goes back to the old Ryan Kerrigan of being held on the left side. He gets oh, he gets held more than most humans at a dance. It's unbelievable. Um, but I think the defense has been pretty good. I mean, yeah, I, I, the, the, that's not been the, the issue. I mean, you it's, you can't win a football game if you turn the ball over. You throw three picks and there's two fumbles. You just that's very difficult to win because that now that means your defense is on the field for an awfully long time. I the think the way to win a football game to give the yeah. football away. I think the defense is pretty solid. Pretty solid. Um, they've gotten pressure. I mean, look, as of last 
before last week, they led the league in sacks. Now they got eight in the first game, uh, but they put pressure on people. But now you don't have Chase and you don't have Matt Ioannidis. That just means that Lamar, once he drops back, if he's got a sliver, it, it, I just don't think it's going to be very pretty. Uh, Montez Sweat, pretty good at giving Chase. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting mind battle as to how they use Lamar uh, to, to create some some problems. Um, but again, I mark my words, uh, the tight end is going to get a whole lot of freaking action come Sunday. They don't have as it can match up with those players. Landon Collins hasn't quite been a spot, but other guys like wow. Fabian Moreau, Jimmy Moreland, they have mm-hmm. uh, played surprisingly well. But for the Washington football team, win this game, they will have to blank in your mind. That's a great question. I think stop the team bus from arriving would be the only chance they have. Uh, Sugar in the gas tank. Uh, yeah. To, to win the game, um, they're going to have to play uh, their best game in the last three years um, and punch Lamar in the mouth. Uh, you know, really get him thinking. If, if they can be in that backfield – uh, a lot, you know, like KC did. If they can get in that backfield, um, then I, they have they have a shot. Obviously, they, they're going to have to, all units will have to play really, really well. You can't turn the ball over. You can't do what they did the last game. You're going to have to have a solid effort, uh, and and one guy kind of go off. Maybe on the special teams, you know, they're going to need one one special play that kind of. And as I say this, I'm thinking, you know, one special play that's going to rock the stadium. Oh, I'm sorry, there's nobody there. Uh, so it's a different atmosphere, and that's that doesn't that doesn't help. It's not really a home game, in this case, you know, it's not. It's you know, I mean, it's Baltimore and DC. It's not a home game. It's a different stadium. It's a worse stadium than than you guys have. Uh, but it just there's no. It's just like the, the golf tournaments that, that that I you know that I call. There's no fans, uh, and there's no. Um, you know, sky suites and suites, uh, you know, at the, at the tournaments. So the guys who are playing golf, these pros go into the 18th hole and they're, they're so used to having this whole bank of, of, of a wall of people up in these suites. Now the depth reception is different because now it's just a green and a, and a flag. I don't know what these guys are going through uh, in the NFL who don't have fans. There's no fans at FedEx and whoever was had the fans buttoned, on Monday Night Football might have been the worst uh, use of a, of a guy ever because, I mean, guy got injured and you heard the fans going, ah, I'm like, what, what's, what, who's doing that? It's awful, awful. And I don't, I can't imagine what these guys that are, you know, in the arena, what they're hearing. It's, it just can't be anything close to what they're used to. Absolutely. And you kind of hit on that. You think it's maybe going to be a little bit of a, a tough matchup here for Washington. What kind of strategy do you think the Ravens need to uh, take into this one to get off to a fast start? Uh, I think it. I think uh, forget. I think forget running the ball. Um, I mean, they, they will, but I, I think uh, that the Ravens, uh, with their quarterback and enough speed on the outside, I, I, I don't think this. Almost said it. I don't think Washington has uh, enough speed to contain them. So, I love. I, I would think attack the middle of the field really deep. Um, that's going to be open. Because uh, they're trying to, uh, the DBs have to help out on the run, and so they're going to edge up a little bit. And without Chase Young, without Matt Ioannidis, I keep saying it, but those are two major cogs in this defense. Without having them, other guys have to step up, and that's yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Makes the rotation in, and then there's that, the guys who have to step up don't have guys behind them. So yeah, kind yeah. of a, a, a rough role that way. I mean, when, with all that in mind. <laughs> Nate, Nate Orchard, Orchard. Yeah. sure, yeah, Hawks hero from a couple. Years okay, ago. yeah, but in uh, with all that in mind, let's get a prediction. Jake, what do you? How do you see one playing out score wise? It's funny because I don't do predictions. Uh, I hate them. Um, you know why I hate them? Because rarely are they ever paid off. Uh, people love to do the preseason or the you know what the record's going to be. They never go back and pay it off. Like, well, what did he say? Some people do, but I don't. Uh, for me. Uh, I think it's a Ravens route. I think it's a Ravens route. I think it's a it's a it's a twenty five point win. Is what I what it's what it feels like. Um, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Uh, I just I don't see it. Um, you know, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I, and I've, I'll be again surprised if, if, if the if the Washington footballers uh, are in it in the fourth quarter, but I just don't see it because of not really because of what the Redskins did last week, but what the Ravens did last week. I think that's sticking in their craw, and I got a feeling they're going to be very, very angry. Um, and you can play well with anger, and I think the coaching staff's going to use that to, to their advantage. Uh, I know Lamar is not happy, you know. I mean, he got – embarrassed is not the right word, but – Humbled. He got humbled by the other quarterback uh, who played like a freaking Hall of Famer, who dropped balls in the basket, who toyed with people. He toyed with the Ravens' defense out when he stretched out plays. Uh, and I think Lamar wants to kind of do the same thing uh, to uh, the Washington team. So I, I don't think it's going to be a close game. Cool. Well, uh, Chick, this was a ton of fun, man. We really appreciate you hopping on here with us. How about you go ahead and give our uh, audience a little clue as to where they can find you and your stuff on social media and uh, otherwise? I have no idea. Oh, uh, I just know. I'm just glad that your house didn't burn down. Uh, yeah, that's well, really that's that's definitely a good thing so far. But uh, we that's do. That's important. Yeah. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter, Mr. Chick Sports. Um, you know, same thing with, uh, with, with Instagram. I like to, uh, I'm very open, um, uh, with myself, uh, and the public, uh, love to hear so much so that people often say you probably shouldn't say the things you say or take the stances you take, you know, it's hard in this day and age to not talk politics a little bit. And so I, I think everybody knows where I stand on it. Um, so yeah. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, all of that. It's easy to find. And I'm doing a show. Uh, I do PJ Tour Radio. So you can catch me on Sears XM, any golf tournament, or not any. I'm doing this week's Anderson Farms Championship. And I got three three in the next six weeks. Um, and I'm doing a show with uh, Fritz Moot, which is kind of football. But as I told you football guys. Football question mark? Football adjacent. Yeah, as I told you guys uh, off, off air. I mean, we've talked about uh, butt crack. Uh, we've talked about uh, washing women have two washcloths, men have one, and that's disgusting, according to Fred, because you wash your butt and your face with the same washcloth. So you really get some hard hitting stuff on our shows. Really, really hard hitting stuff. But I don't like, I like it. As I said, I, I like to go off the rails. We talk X's and O's, all that stuff. Um, but I just, you know, it, there's life is too short to just sit there and pigeonhole somebody and do X's and O's. I like to do a lot of different stuff. So that's what I'm doing. Um, having a blast playing a lot of golf. I compete. If I'm in a golf course, I got a big tournament next week. Uh, that I'm playing. Yeah. It's all good. Well, listen, and man. I look well, really, really old by the way, because I didn't shave and I just shaved my head before I did this. So I look like, God, I look awful. I wow. think you look great. I you don't know what fantastic. you're talking about. Yeah, you look fantastic. Well, I am 72, so. Yeah. Well, listen, man, we, again, we really appreciate it. This was probably one of the more fun interviews we ever, we've ever done. And uh, you hit on that you like to keep it fun. Uh, we, we, you know, like to do that, too. Uh, you know, we're obviously very professional, as you can tell by my smoke detector going off and everything. Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. a great operation we got going on here, too. So yeah. uh, I think it's people like you and, uh, you know, many of your, your cohorts there that have inspired us to do this type of thing. So we really cool. appreciate it, man. And, uh Listen, you ever need a fourth at uh, Congressional or whatever it is you're playing? You got my email. You got my Twitter. So hit me up, man. What, uh, what's your handicap? Uh, I am a 22. I've only been playing for about two years uh, seriously and consistently. So not great, but uh, I can hit it far. Yeah, I'll call you in about 10 years. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, Jake. Have a good one, Thank you so much, Jake. We had a great time. Appreciate it. All right, boys. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate Later. the invite. That was awesome. That was awesome. All right, so I guess it's time for us. We've, uh, you know, run a little bit long as far as everything else we have to do, but we still have to do a score prediction for this game. Let's do it. I'm going to go Ravens 38, the Red Wolves slash Washington ball club. Mm, 13, 38, 13. Okay, I'm going to go Ravens. 35, Washington, 14. There we go. Big time bounce back. That, uh, yeah, I just don't see Haskins able to deal with the things that the Ravens defense does. And while Patrick Mahomes dealt with those, uh, the way that they were dealing with those was on a schematic level. I do not under, do not think is achievable in the first year of a new regime with a second-year quarterback 
uh, in his form of the second season. I don't think you're going to be able to deal with personnel-wise with the Ravens defense and that the Ravens defense, as Chick said, as he said, has a lot to prove, had the, has a lot to prove, have their work cut out for them, and they're excited to do so. Ravens fans should be as well. So a couple of games coming up on this book for the Ravens really test it again. And this is a good time to apply what you learned from that Chiefs loss and see if they're able to get the ball again. Absolutely. So, yeah, big time bounce back on the road, a little bit of a road game, but kind of not really because they're just going down to old Raljon and, uh, you know, they've got no fans in the stands there. So, yeah, man, I just feel like the Ravens bounce back. Maybe there's a little concern that they're going to kind of overplay their hand and try to push the whole bounce back thing. But uh, I don't know. I just I feel like they, they get it done here back on track. Everybody can calm down for a week. Will calm down. Uh, papers will still be hot, and then people will say, "Oh, it doesn't matter until playoffs." Like, you got to get there first. That is, it works. And uh, I'm gonna go two picks, two picks for the Ravens defense. We're going go with Mr. Milan Humphrey. We're gonna go with Mr. Patrick Queen notching his first interception. I think the bumping and the zone drops out of the front will be too much for Dwayne Haskins to see off the jump. He throws a lot of underneath over the middle of the field, so. I uh, think the Ravens defense is a big one, and I love having check on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bud, this was a fun one. As always, really appreciate you hopping on here with me, as you always do. You did a tremendous job, and uh, we're going to be bringing more tremendous stuff for you guys next week with a review of this game on Sunday night, dropping Monday morning. So uh, stay tuned for that. Really hope you guys enjoyed our chat with Chick. You can follow him at Mr. Chick Sports on Twitter. Feel free to follow me at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. You can follow Spencer at Ravens for Dummies. That's the number four in the middle there. And uh, follow the show account at Podcast Beatdown. Had a couple questions coming in with the Twitter account, but uh, it's been a little bit of a tumultuous recording, so we're probably just going to go ahead and skip those tonight and maybe get them uh, next time we come around here. But uh, in the meantime, really appreciate everyone listening in. Have yourselves a great weekend and uh, enjoy this Ravens at Washington football team matchup. See ya. Peace. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. See you later. All right, God bless.